Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You can rent a car, a house, even that little black party dress. So why not rent the stuff you need for your home, too? The place to do it is Aaron's. Choose from thousands of new products from the brands you love, online or in store. Pick a payment plan that fits your budget and pay a little at a time until it's yours forever. But if life changes, you can return it anytime or even upgrade it with something new. Rent what you need. It's better at Aaron's. Approval not guaranteed. Restrictions apply. See store for details. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Did you catch season three of This Is Digital? Season three of This Is Digital goes behind the scenes to reveal how digital trends show up in everyday decisions and actions, including digital lessons from the EV revolution and the chief digital officer's role in disruption and culture, featuring guests like Ekta Chopra of Elf Beauty and Tyson Jomini of J.D. Power. Do you have a digital mindset? Find out by checking out the latest and greatest on season three of This Is Digital and learn more at westmonroe.com. On the last night of her life, Sister Michelle Lewis got permission to stay up late. Life at her home, Miami's Monastery of the Exaltation of the Most Holy Cross, moved to the hands of a clock. Waking, praying, eating and sleeping were all a daily routine. Anything outside that schedule needed to be approved by the monastery's leader, Father Abbot Gregory Went. That Saturday night, March 24th, 2001. Sister Michelle had the abbot's okay to watch the World Figure Skating Championships, playing out three time zones away in Vancouver. Before the championships, the American Michelle Kwan was under scrutiny. A year ago, she was focused and flawless, but now the reigning champion was detached and her form and fitness seemed to drop after taking a break from the sport that summer. Now the 20-year-old was no longer the favorite, Maybe Sister Michelle wanted to see if Quan was like her and could transcend life's hardships, silence her doubters, and find glory in winning her fourth world championship. Or maybe she just wanted to have something to talk about with teachers or parents on Monday morning when they dropped their kids off at Holy Cross Academy, the monastery's small K-12 school where she ran the office, kept the books, and taught calculus. 
In those final hours of her life, Sister Michelle sat alone, embroidering, and watching as her namesake skater sliced her blades deep into the ice, freeing herself from the days before. Quan let loose and went big. She hit a clean triple-triple jump and a late triple lutz, then glided off and looked on as the remaining skaters failed to cut down her scores. By 10 o'clock, Michelle Kwan was a world champion again. By 10 o'clock, Sister Michelle had turned off the TV and made her way to bed. But the 39-year-old wouldn't get to tell any of those parents or teachers what she saw on the ice that night. She wouldn't even make it to Sunday Mass the next morning. Before then, Sister Michelle would encounter another blade, one that would stab her more than 90 times in an act of rage and violence that would change the lives of everyone at Holy Cross, including me. I'm Paula Barros. And I'm Melanie Bartley. And this is Sacred Scandal. Paula, remind me, how did you first learn about the murder? It was Sunday. Um, Carolina walked into my room, my little sister. Sister Michelle is dead. <laughs> I was like, what? In March 2001, I was a senior in a class of about 25 kids at Holy Cross Academy, a private Byzantine Catholic school in the Miami suburbs. I ended up at Holy Cross Academy because my parents thought that sending me to a Catholic school was going to stop me from booty dancing to two live crew, which was, I guess, what they thought I was learning at my public middle school. So I said, get in the car. And I took my little sister to Holy Cross on that Sunday just to see if it was true or not. And as soon as we got there, there was the police tape and like oh uh, the news people were outside. I hated that school. From kneeling on the floor to show that my uniform skirts were long enough, to the rules about having to pray every morning, and the creepy priests who walked the halls in their long black robes. I could not wait to graduate and leave that whole experience behind me forever. But like everyone who was a part of Holy Cross back then, the trauma from Sister Michelle's horrendous murder and everything that came after meant that it stayed with us long after graduation. And how did I get involved in all of this? <laughs> <laughs> this is my friend Melanie. Hi there. I met your sister at a gas station. <laughs> I'm going to call her Mel and she'll be telling the story with me because even though she didn't go to school there, the story of Holy Cross has also become a big part of her life too. And she brought me uh, to your family's house. And then I think you were the one that immediately latched onto this story. Like you needed to, to get to the bottom of it, I think. I'm crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> You're out of your mind. When we met about 15 years ago, Mel was a student. Well, I was studying film at the University of Miami, and Paula said she had a good idea for a true crime documentary. And I told her about how Sister Michelle, a teacher from my school, was murdered on campus. 
and also about all the crazy stuff we started to find out about what was happening behind the scenes and maybe even behind closed doors at Holy Cross because her death opened up so many secrets about the school, about the priest who ran it, and the quiet kids from Ukraine who we sat next to in class. When Paula told me about everything, my jaw hit the floor. And so a little more than a decade ago, we started making our own movie to tell that story and look at the unanswered questions around this case. It was thought to be when the public defender's office first got the case to be a very involved, very complicated case. We talked to the police and lawyers from both sides who spent years investigating it and who traveled halfway across the world digging for the truth. But we were young and total amateurs back then, doing interviews next to airports. And I mean, neither of us ever planned on becoming journalists. I've been everywhere from a semi-professional poker player to a clown for kids' birthday parties. And now I work as a stand-up comedian and a voice actress. And I worked in TV and movies and now run a small business and a small family. As our lives started to change, some things about this case and Holy Cross have deeply, deeply stayed with us. But our documentary was put on the shelf. That is until now. That is right. We'll be telling this story using those original interviews. But all of these years later, they don't cover the full story. So we've gone back and spoken to many of those people again. And some of the things that they had to say this time surprised us. That's because in the over 10 years since we started, and the 20 years since the murder, so much has changed. To the parents and former students. To the teachers and investigators. And especially to us. But before we get there, we need to take you back to 2001, to the moment it all started to unravel. First, though, we have to take a break. When we come back, the search for Sister Michelle's murderer begins. Stay with us. Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica, la cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20, vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente, una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20enespañol.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. 
And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. But before we get there, we need to take you back to 2001, to the moment it all started to unravel. County Police on Fire, where's your emergency? Um, this is uh, Holy Cross Academy, 12425, Southwest 72nd Street. What's the emergency there? Uh, the emergency is that uh, uh, one of the uh, sisters didn't show up this morning for a liturgy, and we sent someone over to look, and they said that uh, that there's uh, like a nude body on the floor with blood. March 25th, 2001. Like every other Sunday at Holy Cross Monastery, a pair of priests, a handful of student monks, and two nuns would gather in the morning and prepare to celebrate the liturgy, a traditional Byzantine Catholic mass performed in Greek. But this week, someone was missing. Is it a male or a female body? A female. It was the, the non-convent female. Okay. And no one ever saw her move or anything like that? No. Uh, we, no. The person that we sent over was one of the brothers to, to see what was wrong, and, and he found that and ran away, right away. He was scared. Ran back here to tell me. When that young monk, Patro Tarenta, opened the door to Sister Michelle Lewis's bedroom, he discovered a brutal scene. Her lifeless body lay on the floor in a dark red pool, clothes torn, almost naked. Blood seemed to speckle every surface. Her body was bruised and beaten and with stab wounds all over. An autopsy would later tally them up to 92. It was the school's founder and leader, Father Abbot Gregory Went, who called 911. Went, W-E-N-D-T. And it's Holy Cross? Right. Coming in at that particular time, all I knew was that a uh, at a church or a school called Holy Cross. Actually, I was on the road. I was handling another call. Uh, one of the detectives that called me and said, uh, uh, you've got one out off of uh, Sunset Drive, which is uh, West Miami-Dade County. This is Art Nanny, a retired homicide detective with the Miami-Dade Police Department and lead investigator of this murder. As Detective Nanny pulled up to the school around 11 a.m., one of the first things he started to realize was the huge scale of the search ahead of his team. This was a massive complex. There was a, a school, a church, a convent, and then it was surrounded by a lot of uh, nurseries on different sides and then some residences on the backside. We knew that 
we're going to need more than just one crime scene unit. That it was going to take several to cover this whole schoolyard. Uh, matter of fact, the whole campus, I think we locked down well over 24 hours because there was just, there was an extensive uh, scene to cover, not only because of the convent, but other places on the campus. The school itself rose from suburban Sunset Drive like a Renaissance castle, complete with crosses on every spire. And the rest of the schoolyard spread out across a lot the size of at least six football fields. Far from the school's front doors, on the southeast edge of the property, was the murder scene, the convent, which butted against the neighboring plant nursery. A few hundred yards away from the nun's house on the northwest side of campus, there was a small cluster of buildings, including the monastery, a house, and an office. As Detective Nanny and his team searched the grounds, they soon found something strange connecting these two distant areas of campus. We had these weird footprints that sort of went from the convent down some hallways to the school office, and then they kind of tapered off out towards the church and then disappeared. And these footprints, uh, when I say footprints, they were not shoe prints, they were like bare feet. I don't want to say they're flat-footed, but they had a high arch. So it was just weird in shape. And the other thing, too, that there was like no toes. So we're not sure where they're wearing. But it was just weird in, in itself. And that trail of toeless footprints would lead Detective Nanny to a second scene. So when we, you know, looked at the office, we had glass broken on the, uh, on the window to get in. And Sister Michelle's desk was, I don't want to say ransacked, but there was items that were askew on the desk, which now kind of maybe tied back to a reason why Sister Michelle was killed. But what was taken, if anything was taken, no one knows. It just didn't make sense. Why is the nun killed in her in the convent, which could be a few hundred yards from where the office is at? And then we got these weird footprints. Did two things occur that night? The initial thought was that because there was nurseries surrounding the church, that maybe we had a uh, farm worker that could have been uh, the killer. So we wanted to at least identify all the employees that worked at these nurseries. And you got to remember, too, in homicide and uh, we kind of work from the inside out. So the priest, the monks, there was another elderly nun. Everyone, when you get there, is a suspect. Coming up after the break, a speck of evidence takes detectives straight to the killer's door. Stay with us. Si tienes ciertas afecciones crónicas como enfermedad cardíaca, asma, diabetes, y tienes 19 años o más, 52, 36, 42, 
Puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar20. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome back to Sacred Scandal. I'm Paula Barros. And I'm Melanie Bartley. When the police arrived at Holy Cross Academy on the day that Sister Michelle was found dead, one of the first things that they learned was that, despite appearances, the school and the group who ran it were not a part of the Roman Catholic Church. They were Byzantine, or they also call them Greek Catholics, which is a faith with some different beliefs and structures than their cousins in Rome, but who still shared the Pope at the top of their hierarchy. Detective Nanny also started to discover more about the circumstances of the people living on the grounds. So they lay out the scenario of Sister Michelle as she's not really an ordained nun. She's training to become a full-fledged nun. So, you know, how is she not ordained if they're calling her a nun? But again, they told us about uh, the different monks that were living there. And there was, I think, five monks in training as they go to school, you know, that they were handpicked uh, from uh, the Ukraine, brought them over here to train, and they would eventually return and teach. And, you know, and all their education was being paid for. To get all of this information, Detective Nanny needed to speak with my high school's headmaster, Father Abbott Went. His first sight of the priest in his long black robe and high miter hat made as much of an impression on the veteran officer as it did on a teenage me. I do remember, I'm not sure if it was the school office or the church office, but there was this one big ass picture on the wall. And I think it was Father Abbott. I think he was the head priest. He looked like a pope dressed up and I'm looking at it. And you gotta remember, My background is uh, I'm a Catholic. We're taught from grade school to have this 
respect for priests, nuns, and things of that nature. So when we walked in there, we were also in a little bit of awe because this painting on the wall now became real as this guy came walking out of the door. He was a tall, tall guy, and he had to be over six foot. You go from the picture to now the the real person walks out, and it's like, damn, you know, this, I was like taken back because of his presence. You might expect the headmaster of a school to be cooperative and offer up as much help as possible to catch a killer on their campus. But when the detective and the abbot began speaking, the conversation started to take a strange turn. Okay. They came out, and they're sitting there talking, and we're trying to get information from them. And it's not like they were stonewalling us, but they were giving us nothing but basics. There's one thing that he said that kind of took us by surprise, you know, this was his church. And not that he told us to tread lightly, but I kind of read it as, don't make a move on on my turf without letting me know what was going to happen first. As Detective Art Nanny and his investigators spoke with the priests and teenage monks of Holy Cross Academy, he charged a smaller group with gathering evidence at the scene of the murder. Well, here's the thing about the crime scene. We only have one shot at the scene, so not a lot of people go into the scene. And uh, John King, who is probably one of the finest homicide detectives uh, out there that day, I assigned him that particular lead. Yeah, my name is uh, John King. I was a homicide detective with the Miami-Dade Police Department, and I was part of the team that was assigned this investigation. Kind of walk me through the building where the crime scene was. I had like a little kitchen. It was two bedrooms. The other bedroom was actually occupied by a, uh, an older nun that lived there as well. Did you notice anything out of the ordinary or anything strange? The scene really, I mean, it was a mess in there. There was a lot of blood. My observations of the scene itself, as I recall, seems like she was pretty neat. Clothing was hung up. She, however, was nude on the floor with numerous stab wounds and bruises and deceased. The only thing she had on was like a rolled up t-shirt that was pulled up, pretty much it. And so what is a typical process for analyzing or investigating a homicide in general? Well, if you have a scene like that, then you have to really take your time. I don't even know how long it took before we moved the body because everything has to be documented. Everything, everything, everything is documented in place before you actually touch anything on a crime scene, you actually photograph it first, just so that uh, you know exactly how it looked when you got there. I want to see, can you go back to the the other photos of the room? Okay, let me do that. Look at these, there's hand, handprints everywhere. How can I? Bloody handprints? Full screen this. It's just like a spatter over that trash can on it. It's it like, looks like Halloween blood. It, I was going to say, it looks like a horror movie. It doesn't look real. Like from the 80s. You know what I mean? Like How the, does somebody like bleed like that? Fake blood? I'm going to cry, baby. This is really bad. Yeah. It's so much blood. It's so bad. As Detective King and the others in the room took photographs of Sister Michelle's body, one of them noticed something small that appeared out of place. 
I remember looking at it. I'm not sure which leg it was on, but there was a blood stain that really didn't look like it belonged there. I mean, it looked different than the rest of the smearing on her body. It definitely looked different than the rest of the blood. I mean, it was probably because it was dripping down from as opposed to being smeared, you know, so it was a dark spot. What, what would that tell you? Uh, quite often when a person is, has a knife, unless it has a hilt on it, which would prevent the hand sliding down off the handle, quite often a person stabbing someone will actually cut themselves and thereby cause a bleeding. So this would basically tell you that the, the suspect would have hurt hands. Well, yeah, yeah. As the search went on, night brought darkness back over the grounds of Holy Cross Academy. But aside from the footprints and the drop of blood suggesting the killer had been injured, there wasn't much to follow in any direction. With both the murder and the break-in at the office, investigators started to check on other buildings on campus, including the monastery and the house where the teenage monastic candidates lived. Now eight or nine hours in, a new clue was about to turn their search for a suspect into unexpected territory. So we didn't really focus in on the inner circle just yet, but we had to document everyone that was there. Uh, it wasn't until later, and I would say it's probably it was in the evening now when people over at the the house uh, saw some blood on a doorknob. When the approaching officers saw the doorknob, they had already been informed about the suspicious drop of blood on Sister Michelle. After knocking on that door, a small, thin monk with dark hair opened up and greeted them. His voice was soft, with the tinge of an Eastern European accent. The monk's eyes were tired, and there were marks and scratches around his bearded face. As police started asking questions about Sister Michelle, he slowly slid a pair of bandaged hands into his pockets. Sacred Scandal is a production of Exile Content Studio in partnership with iHeartRadio's My Cultura Podcast Network. Sacred Scandal was created and produced by Melanie Bartley and me, Paula Barros. Our senior producer is Dennis Funk of Written in Air. The executive producers are Rose Reed and Nando Villa. Our production assistant is Imani Leonard. Story editing by Rachel Ward. The show is fact-checked by Kimberly Winston. Original music was composed by Patrick Hart. Audio editing by Gilbert Quinones. With final audio mixing from Dixo. And special thanks on this episode to Arielle Stevenson and Corey Tchaikovsky.
Voy a ponerme la vacuna Prevnar 20 porque estoy en riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. La cual pudiera llevarme al hospital. Así que preguntaré sobre Prevnar 20. 65 años o más, puedes estar en mayor riesgo de contraer la neumonía neumocósica. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico acerca de vacunarte con Prevnar 20. Vacuna conjugada antineumocósica 20 valente. Una vacuna de Pfizer que puede ayudar a proteger contra la neumonía neumocósica con una sola dosis. Prevnar 20 está aprobada para adultos para ayudar a prevenir infecciones contra 20 cepas de la bacteria que causa la neumonía neumocósica. La aprobación continua puede depender de un estudio de apoyo. No uses Prevnar 20 si has tenido una reacción alérgica grave a la vacuna o a sus componentes. Adultos con sistemas inmunitarios debilitados pueden tener una respuesta reducida a la vacuna. El efecto secundario más reportado fue dolor en el área de la inyección. Para más efectos secundarios comunes e información completa de prescripción, llama al 1-855-213-2138 o visita Prevnar 20 en español.com. Pregunta a tu médico o farmacéutico sobre Prevnar 20. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.